So there's a whole movement you may have heard of called Christmas in July. Have you heard of it? And uh, it kind of takes, I think, the theme of that wizard song, you know, so I wish it could be Christmas every day, and, um, and, and does it in July. Um, as, uh, as someone who finds Christmas quite stressful, um, and, and I have done for quite a while now, um, since I've been working for a church, and it is quite a busy season, um, I, I couldn't imagine Christmas every day, and I certainly don't want to do Christmas in July. So perhaps you, like me, are taken slightly by surprise that all of a sudden uh, we jump in the lectionary from uh, looking at the life of David through uh, the books of Samuel, and all of a sudden we are hearing the words of the Magnificat, which we normally hear at Christmas. Um, how did we get here? Um, well, we got here because that's what the lectionary said we're supposed to do today. Um, and this is my year of following the lectionary really well um, and seeing how it goes. Um, and uh, so here we are thinking about um, the Magnificat um, in August. Today, the Feast of St. Mary the Virgin. Um, which in the Catholic tradition is known as the Feast of the Assumption uh, because there is a belief that Mary uh, was assumed into heaven. Uh, I presume that means taken up, but assumed is a very interesting word. I don't know where, it, in any other case, where assumed means taken into heaven. It normally means, I assumed you, you were going to take the bins out today or whatever. Um, so, uh, so it's... That's the Catholic perspective. Um, in, the, in the time of the Reformation, about 1549, the Anglicans got rid of um, the, uh, that because um, it's not a biblical um, belief. It's not in the Bible that, that Mary was assumed into heaven. Um, they had just assumed it. That's a terrible pun. And um, so what Anglicans did, because we're quite good at finding a middle way, is we said, well, why don't we have a feast and just call it St. Mary the Virgin anyway? Uh, so here we are, the Feast of St. Mary the Virgin, uh, where nothing is assumed, um, but we have the Magnificat in August um, today. So that's just a quick explanation as to why we're here. Um, and in the next few weeks, we do move on to the Psalms and some Proverbs. So we, we go back to the Old Testament, uh, but I think we're done with David, um, according to the lectionary. So... Um, there is, however, um, a tenuous link to Samuel, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, you know the song of the Magnificat well, Magnificat being the Latin uh, word for the song that Melody just read in the Gospel according to St. Luke. Mary's song, My Soul Glorifies the Lord. This has inspired countless uh, musical compositions, old and new, um, and like the one we sang at the start of the service today. If you only read Mary's song, though, you don't get the whole picture. Because, of course, if you go back in Luke, uh, you get the birth of John the Baptist foretold, then you get the birth of Jesus foretold, and we'll hear those at a carol service in a few months' time. And then um, Mary visits Elizabeth. And it's only at the point when Mary visits Elizabeth that, the, that she kind of seems to begin to accept uh, what's going on. Uh, when Mary encounters uh, the angel, she's not sure what to make of it. And then when she visits Elizabeth, um, at that point she begins to see uh, how this is a blessing that she will be carrying Jesus, the Son of God. And so when we get to the Magnificat, which we heard this morning, uh, at that point she's come to the realization 
um, and acceptance that God is going to be doing a work in her. God will be doing a work in her. And by this point now, she's happy. So what's the tenuous link with the Old Testament? Well, um, the song of Hannah um, has a similar um, uh, rhythm to the song of uh, Mary here. Um, so Mary would have perhaps been pondering the words of, of Hannah's song from, uh, from Samuel. And, um, and, and then... Um, much of the words that she, many of the words that she uses in in her song, Mary's song, uh, they feel like they've come straight out of the Old Testament, um, which is what happens when, I guess you you're steeped in in that kind of scripture. Uh, when you find words to praise, you'll use that same kind of scripture. Same kind of thing that happens to you um, if you if you've been an Anglican for a while and you start praying and find yourself uh, using a prayer that you've read many many times. Um, and, and, and so those words become yours. Uh, even though they're words of a liturgy that you've read many times, uh, they, they somehow just come out in the words that you use the more you pray them. And so Mary uses Old Testament words, my soul glorifies the Lord, the Lord here being God, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. She's pretty happy, isn't she, by this point? She's pretty excited. She realizes what the Lord is doing in her and is going to do. It's like in the song, uh, the penny is dropping. She's, she's, she's realizing um, for, for the first time as she walks back from her visit with Elizabeth, uh, probably for about four days, she's realizing, wow, this is what God will do in me. And we get some great truths. Uh, six truths. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds. He's brought down rulers. He's filled the hungry. He's helped his servant Israel. And that is, that is her excitement. He's done all these amazing things. And he's using me, a lowly handmaiden. As Christians, God uses us. God uses us. Now, um, I'm going to say, I think almost categorically, that no, nobody here, and indeed nobody anywhere, will give birth to the Son of God, because that's already happened. So, so he's not going to use you for that. Um, sorry if you're disappointed. Uh, but God does use us. God uses us through our life and I think the question as we hear the Magnificat in the middle of August is, how is God using me now? How is God using you now? In this time as we come out of, um, I don't know, the third wave of COVID and we look to the fourth wave, how is God using you and me now? Because Mary didn't choose for God to use her. And in a sense, whilst we choose to accept the love of God in Christ Jesus, uh, we don't choose how much God will, will want to use us. We come with an openness. We come with perhaps, we might say, open hands, open hearts, open minds, and open lives for God to do a work in us. Because 
as I said, God isn't going to use any of us to give birth to his son. But God does want to use us, whoever we are. And Mary's song reminds us that God wants to use us, whoever we are, whatever age or stage in life we are. Sometimes people think, well, you know, when I'm when I, when I get to university or to college or to school, then, you know, then, then maybe God will, will use me there. Or when I go and get a job or, or when I start a family or, or when the kids leave home or, or when I retire or when we move into our retirement complex, then maybe God will start using me. Well, the truth is whatever stage of life we're in, God wants to use us. So I want to sow that seed of encouragement, and maybe for some slight challenge. How is God going to use you now, in the second half of 2021, between hearing the song of Mary in the middle of August on a bright sunny day, and the next time you hear the song of Mary on one of the Sundays in Advent in a few months' time? How will God use you between now and then? And in a sense, it's not for you to decide. It's kind of like when I preach on the fruits of the Spirit, uh, I always get conflicted. Because as you think of the fruits of the Spirit, I won't sing the song, but you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So you kind of think about those things, you think, well, okay, I want to have more fruit in my life. I'll try and experience more patience. But it doesn't work like that. An apple tree grows apples because it's been rooted in the ground and in time and if it doesn't get one of our apple trees has got some disease and so it's got no fruit this year and the other one has got some fruit and the boys have been picking the apples and eating them and we can't decide if it's a cooking tree or an eating tree because sometimes oh that's a quite nice apple and the next one oh that's a bit sour so we're not really sure what's going to happen to them but we think probably we're just going to put them all in a crumble and eat them <laughs> with some ice cream I digress um, but the fruit that grows on the tree is because the tree's been watered and has received sunlight and all those things. The work God will do in us is not for us to decide, but we need to be planted in the soil, ready to see what God will do with us. I wonder what your song will be if you were to write a Magnificat. How would you uh, give God glory? How would your soul, your spirit, rejoice in God, your Savior? How will he use you? In How has he used you so far in your life? And how is he going to use you in the next month, in the next four months, in the next year, and so on? For Mary, it took a while for her to realize uh, that God was going to use her and that she was excited about that, that she was, she was ready. It took a while for her to, uh, to see um, and ex accept with humility that this was a great thing. It can take time to realize how God will use us and how God uses us in each season. But I'll finish this morning by saying I believe that God does want to use each and every single one of you. God wants to use me. God wants to use all of us in this season. So let us 
have open hands and open hearts to listen to what God might say to us. In Jesus' name, amen.